0: When you declare war, you can't put your guard down. Why do we put our guard down at times? We get real hype in the beginning, and then midway through, we get comfortable. Like, when people are really at war, what do they do? Their hand's always on their weapon, right? It stays on it. And when they're sleeping, they're always prepared. Why do we let our weapon down so many times? Like, we don't need it. Like, oh, I'll get it on Sunday. Like, if you just ate only on Sunday, you would not be... Very healthy at all. We declare, we are always prepared and ready to swing, to battle. And it's against the enemy. Yeah, it's a bold statement. But too many times when we declare war, we, we try to get so much stuff. Do you realize that when people are in war, they usually are decked out and they have like one bag that has everything they need to move forward? try to to say we declare war and go to war and be like, hold on, let me get the U-Haul. Let me grab all my stuff and we'll go for a ride to try to... You can't do that because you got too much going on. Would that be silly or what? Let me show you a quick video kind of where I'm going to go with this for a couple weeks. So for a few weeks I want to talk about traveling like too many times we want to travel real heavy and do whatever we can. Like, I, I, this last trip we took, I think it was heavier. And here's why. Because we had to go there and pick up some stuff for, like, YouthX, and we went to Kansas City, but I had to take a trailer. Now, you know when you take a trailer and you're going on a family vacation, bags start getting bigger. Well, since we got the trailer, we might as well just, you get real comfortable when you got more room. Is that the truth? You go on vacation. Jen and I went on vacation and we took like four suitcases two years ago. We rented a convertible, uh, Mustang. Jesus saved the world. Um, and it was awesome. That thing was so fast. You know what? We've never done it and we just decided to do it. So you can judge me. It's cool. Um, But we took like four or five suitcases, and they were in the back seat, and they were hanging out. I mean, we looked like we were just like leaving town. We're out of here. And what's funny is I think I wore four outfits, and one of them was swimming trunks. The whole time, I had so much stuff in those bags, it was unreal, thinking like, because we were gone for almost two weeks. Man, if you get a chance to ever do something like that and get away from your children, nothing against it, babe, I love you. But sometimes you forget about dating. Even though you have kids and they're your most important thing, but you still have to make time to what brought you together and what gave you those kids anyway. And so we had a time of our life, and um, thankful for the church that, you know, sowed seeds into our lives and stuff like that. But I felt like I was packing so much more than what I really needed for that trip. And I'm not playing. I wish I could show a picture. Maybe next week I'll show the picture of us smiling with five or six bags. That we didn't need at all, that we took the, thinking we would need it because we found ourselves on the beach more than anything, packing bags full of stuff. So, I, I want to talk to you real quick about a couple things. I want you to lean in on this, um, get ready for this because this is a little different. Traveling light, it is challenging to travel light, completely challenging. If you've been to the airport, And you're praying to Jesus, Lord, let it be under 50 pounds. And you're trying to hurry up and stuff stuff. And you're saying, like, well, if yours is a little bit lighter, just wait so I can dump some of that into yours so I don't get paid, don't charge 30 extra dollars because I got heavier. Now, listen, I got an excuse. My my shoes and some of my stuff just weighs more because I'm just the bigger guy. So it's just what it is. It's, it's just heavier stuff. I, I, my, I don't know if that's a good excuse, but, you know, it, it's what it is. But every time you're praying to God, like, let it be, let it be, and it's like 49.5. It's like, yes. But, you know, when you go on vacation, you always buy something. So then you're praying on the way back. Okay, Lord, how do we balance this out and distribute the weight of this? Um. And it's challenging because too many times we want to, we want to travel so heavy. But God is trying to cause us to travel light. He's wanting us to travel light, and we're going to talk about that for a few weeks. Uh, we're going to, I guess, remind ourselves. When we remind you, I'm going to remind myself that the world church is not our home. Let's just say it: the world's not our home. I, I'm going to. Rem- Sometimes we forget that because we get real comfortable where we are. And as we travel through our lives, it is, it, it, it's the most craziest thing through our lives as we travel and as we live, all the stuff we accumulate. It, this is the craziest thing. You know, like I wrapped this up and I got this all tight. It doesn't fit. So I remember one vacation or one time my dad's not here. Pray for him. He's got a fever and all that stuff. Poor guy. But I remember he had to put... Duct tape around a suitcase because he could not get that thing to zip. Or something happened where it, like the zipper broke because it was so packed. He duct taped that whole thing and said, I ain't buying another suitcase. I ain't spending one more dollar on this trip. Okay, you'll buy $5 duct tape. So, and he, he did. He wrapped it up and he sent it on and he walked his little happy butt home with, you know, like, and it, it was just like that. It was so full. But, we got to get to a place because throughout life we accumulate so much. Let's go both ways. We accumulate hurt. Life happens, things happen and we get hurt. And so we not, we start to pile hurt on. Um, uh, we accumulate junk. Woo. Junk. We accumulate, um, seeds of discouragement, discontentment. We, we, and, and, and it, it grows and, and we, it starts piling up more and more and it grows a, all sorts of problems. And over the next few weeks, I want to talk to you about letting go of stuff that holds you down. Stuff that weighs you down. Stuff that holds us back. So that we can really live a life that would be honoring to God. It is the craziest thing over the holidays, which you would think would be so fun and enjoyable, that people are more depressed, more, more weighed down, more stressed out than any other time of the year. More hurt, more than any. That's why it's so important, church, that when I say, man, invite some people to church, save them a seat. Tell them physically, I'm going to save you a seat. Come to church. Don't wait till Saturday night to try to figure it out. Let's start it today. Let's start Monday. Let's, hey, we want to invite you to church. We, we put the events on. Everybody clicks on it, and they share it and all that stuff, saying how many people's coming to it. <clears throat> people are always looking for things to do. But come be a part. And, and, and that's why we need it, because so many times there's so much baggage, and people don't know what to do with the baggage. Listen, we're here to bring hope to people. I'm here to preach hope to you. Because sometimes... We can call ourselves a Christian all day long, but sometimes we carry junk that we don't need. So I want to talk about letting go of stuff, the stuff that weighs us down. I've got a thought for you. If you're taking notes, and like I said, notes are going to get you into heaven faster than anybody else. So you need to take notes. It's just going to help you. Um, If you're doing it on your phone or if you're writing it down, I got this one thought I want to give you. And if you're not just remember this one thought because I'm going to say it a bunch today. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Write it down, read it, say it. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. The problem is everything in our culture is screaming the opposite. Our culture is screaming the opposite Of what I just said. You can go all the way back to the beginning. You can go all the way back to the beginning with Adam, with creation. You know, God's like, well, it's it's good, but it's not that good for Adam to live alone. It's good, you know, it's good for Adam, but it's really not good because he needs a helpmate, you know. If it was today, Adam lost his keys, He's forgetting where things are, so we need to get him Eve. Eve needs to be in his life. And all the ladies said, come on, girls, come on. And guys, listen, just being real, we ask questions, of things we already know sometimes and forget. Watch your mouth. And so God already knew what was about to happen, so look, Eve jumps on the scene. This has all started from the beginning of with culture and everything. Eve is on the scene. He creates Eve. They serve together. They're naked together. Amen. They're in the garden together. All they have to do is just maintain it and enjoy the garden. What a life. What a life. You ain't got to worry about one thing. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. It's just right. But what happens? I just need something more I mean they had everything they needed they needed nothing else nothing else was needed but here we go we need something more be fruitful and multiply what a life be fruitful and multiply and enjoy the garden couldn't ask for a better date (laughs) and here we are like well that's good but what could be better Oh, just don't eat from that one tree. You can have everything else but that one tree. And it's almost like you you know how you tell a kid just, you know, just not to do that one thing. And they're just, all they focus on is that. I got to do that. Don't touch it. I just have to touch it because you told me not to. (laughs) But everything else, but all they keep remembering is what you're not supposed to do. But why do we keep doing what we're not supposed to do instead of doing the, everything we're supposed to do with the freedom that God gave us to do it? And we find ourselves in trouble because we are traveling heavy because we have pulled things together that we don't really need. Back in the first days of creation, the same thing has happened. And... Here comes this little devil that's having a conversation. Did God really say you can't eat from that tree? Did he really say it? You got everything you want, and then we're having a conversation about a tree that you're not supposed to be touching, not even close to. Might as well just stay away from it. And if you need to, might as well just go ahead and put a barrier around it for yourself so you're not tempted. But nothing. We we choose to I, I got in the entire place, but this one thing. Because I want more. In the story, you see this from creation till to till not to now. That basically what you don't have, you have all these other blessings from God, but What you don't have is what you need to be happy. What you don't have is what you need to be fulfilled and complete. And here's the reality. Some of us grew up like that. Some grew up like that, that something else out there is what I need. More is better. More is always better. So if I just, I know I have all this, but I need more. More is better, so I need more. You know, if one dollar... Is good then two dollars is better. If one vacation is good, but two vacations is better. If one car is good, then two cars has to be better. And the list goes on and on. And I'll say this, church, more is not always better. You're chasing so you're traveling too heavy. Years ago. It's been a while. I like, if you don't know, I like to go to the movies. Now, I ain't really been to the movies for a little bit. I don't know if you watch any kind of movies, but they're not that good anymore. (laughs) Things are crazy. All kinds of weird stuff in movies now, and you just have to really limit yourself. But when I was going a lot, like family members would buy me AMC gift cards for like Father's Day and Christmas and birthdays. So basically all year I went to the movies for free. I would just go. There was times where I was like I wanted to see a movie and, and uh, Jen was like, eh, I don't really care. So I went by myself. I would sit in a the movie theater all by myself. And some people think that's weird. I got to go. I don't care. I just want to watch the movie. I, I don't care who's with me. And I would watch a movie. One year we We went. This is without kids, wasn't it? We watched a movie, and then we're like, hey, that other movie came out too. We're like, let's go watch it. So we watched another movie. This is after the first one just ended in the same day. We actually didn't leave. We just got more refills. We took advantage of it. Praise the Lord. Um, and the second movie was over. We looked in, and we saw, oh, there's this one. get ready. So we watched three movies. Three We had wasted six and a half hours of our life that day. And it was so fun. He had no children. Nobody tell me what to do. And we just did that and got cavities. (laughs) It was the craziest thing. And so I'm at the movies, and and, and here it is. You know, one bag of candy is good, but two's better. Okay, I'm Three is probably better for me, maybe four. If I'm being honest, four is better because I wrongly believe that one bag of candy is good, but two, three, four is always better. And so when I go to the movies, don't judge me, okay? When I go to the movies, my first stop is to the Dollar Tree, Dollar Twenty Five Tree now. because I'm not paying five dollars for the same candy I'm gonna get at the Dollar Tree, and if I have to go by myself, I ain't ashamed to take a man purse. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know what I'm talking about, somehow you gotta get that stuff in. Now look, you're like the pastor shouldn't be listen to you, snobbies. Act like you don't do stuff. We're all saved by grace. Um, <laughs> But there's time. Now, look, one time, and this was a dumb idea. We took tacos. Remember tacos? How do you eat tacos quietly? <laughs> Crunchy, because I can't do soft. i got to have them crunching. And I'm like in between loud parts. <laughs> then we took those cheddars from Wendy's, those cheddar sandwiches. We would stuff them in our, they were so warm when it's cold out. Anyway, so I would go to the movies and we'd go on the Dollar Tree plus one. 125. Um, (laughs) it's gone up. And I can't just buy one. And so in here is the things I buy. Skittles. Uh, tropical Mike and Ikes. Uh, yeah. Twizzlers. Yes. Gotta have gummy bears. I mean, what if I need them? You got to chew on them. Um, What else is in here oh yeah the uh do you like those uh starbursts so we put starbursts in here and we put the other basically it's a lot I'm a fruity guy so just keep it don't now now you got other thoughts so (laughs) my tongue gets in trouble sometimes I'm gonna go ahead and just eat um but I thought one, gosh, one handful was good, but two's better, and three's better. Man, I got a bag, and I'm like, you know, because I just don't eat them all at once. I'm like, hey, now when the kids brings, I'm bringing my stuff, and then I'm like, pass that down. I bought it. And now now they're older and they got their own money. They're like, I bought it. I was like, you live at my house. (laughs) Pass that crap down. (laughs) But anyway, so I thought two and three handfuls are going to be better. And at the end, what I found out was that my enjoyment turned into a verge of throwing up. And so I'm in the movies with a cramp. And I can't, I don't have water. Who takes water to the movie theater? We want blue slushies. You know what I'm saying? So we get the big slushy and I'm sucking slushy and I'm like. And I'm so prideful because I can't leave the room because I'm going to miss something. I'll hold the pee and everything. Like, I'm just going to sit here and shake until it's over. And I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, one handful would have probably been better than two handfuls. You know, I mean, I mean, I got I... I'm, I'm eating so much. And I, and I really probably did. And so now I'm sick. And here's the bad, the worst part of it all is I did this to myself. Now, some of you saw this candy up here, and now you're thinking twice because of my hands have been in it. And that's fine because I'll take it to the movies. I'll put it in a Ziploc bag. That's okay. You can think COVID and all that junk, whatever. I'm still going to eat it um, in one handful. But... Let me let me let me get you a principle real quick. So you're like, why are you talking about this? And my wife was like, Why are you buying all this candy putting in this? I said, Well, we go in the movies, you know, Avatar's gonna be coming out, you know, we're gonna be watching that. And so there's something coming. Um, but in Ecclesiastic four six says, He says, There is one handful tranquility with peace basically with joy than two handfuls of toil chasing the wind better is one handful of peace or joy tranquility than two handfuls chasing the wind in other words it's better to have less of what you doesn't matter than And more of what really does matter. And I mean, that's the truth right here. If I would have just literally just had a handful, I would have been just fine. I'm on the verge of vomiting. I'm sweating. I got heat flashes. I mean, it's a mess in there. And I'm just dying and wanting water, and I can't get it. And I'm trying to get them to get a refill and get a a free cup of water that's this big for a sample. Like, I'm just struggling at the movies. And I did this to myself. Because nobody has boundaries, and there ain't nothing healthy at the movie theater unless you bring it in yourself. Now, who's going to crunch some salad at the movie theater? You see what I'm saying? They don't do any of that. That's how they make their money. Not today, Satan. Oh, it's a dollar tree. <laughs> but better is one handful than two chasing the wind. Why? Because life is too valuable, church. Your calling is too great your God is too good to waste on things that don't matter. On things that don't matter that you think you got to get both your hands in. Your calling's too great. Jesus warned us about this. There's a powerful story about two sons who were kind of excited about their inheritance, and Jesus warns them in Luke, <coughs> Luke 12, Verse uh, 15. He says, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. There you go. Watch out. He says, be on guard. Say, be on guard. See, when I hear watch out and be on guard, I got to get ready for something. When I'm hearing these words, they're warnings giving me a pause and wondering what the heck. If Jesus is telling me to watch out and be on guard, something's going, basically I'm thinking something's going to get me. Something's going to get me that I must be ready, it's gotta be dangerous. Must be something lurking around the corner or something and the reality is, although it might be physical danger and when someone says watch out or be on guard, Jesus is showing something that is equally as dangerous to our soul. Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed because life does not consist of abundance of possessions. Watch out, be on God. If he's saying watch out, then we must watch out. My life does not consist of my stuff, basically. Everything in culture is screaming the opposite. But what I hope you understand, you are not what you have. You are not what you drive. You are not what you wear. You are not what you own. You are not the stuff that you have. The lie is that you don't have is what you need to be happy. What you don't have is what you need to be happy. Here's the big lie. To be happy. To be joyful. To be fulfilled. To look cool, to fit in. To feel good about yourself. To be significant. To be important. To be popular. That's the lie. Whatever it is, what you don't have is what you need, the lie says, basically. To be happy, complete, more, and so on and so forth. And I would ask the question, what if the stuff you have is actually robbing you from the life you want? What if the stuff you have is robbing you from the life you want? Because better is one handful than two. Better is one handful of tranquility than two of of toil, of stress of anxiety, and it's chasing after the wind. Better is just one handful of peace than two of the stress. And this is the time of the year where you're about to buy a bunch of junk. Give to your kids maybe a bunch of junk. Stuff that they won't even, they'll open and throw to the side and play in the box. Remember those days? Anybody else do that? If it was a big gift, you you took the gift out and you're like, this will be a cool fort right here. And people just got in the box. I'm like, why didn't we just buy boxes? Why don't we just go over there where they're selling refrigerators and just buy boxes and just make a big old maze? And they would have just been the happiest kids on the planet. But we buy stuff. I want to give you three thoughts Real quick, on one, I guess you would say one hand living. Better is one hand, tranquility, of peace, than two, toil, toil of the stress and the anxiety. When you're looking at junk that most of us have, it's ridiculous, it's crazy. First thing I want to tell you is, better is one handful, just throw out. That sounds easy, don't it? Throw out. When you're looking at the junk that most of us have, it's ridiculous. Throw out as if your life depended on it. Mm. Because some people, it really does depend on it. your life does not consist, your life, it it doesn't consist of the things that we, we think we have to have, the abundance of junk that we have in the drawers, the abundance of junk that we have. Anybody got a junk drawer? Why? What's the deal with that? Like, I had one. We had one. And then we, it's gone. But, anybody got a, uh, it's a little bit larger than a junk drawer. It's called a junk garage. You you have your own storage unit. You just don't get paid. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice to get paid for that unit you have that you store everything in? Junk attics. overflowing, can't even park the car in the garage, can't even put stuff in the, in the junk drawer, and let alone try to open the junk drawer, but you got to get your little finger in there. Because something just got jammed in it. First thing I want to encourage you to do, because better is one handful, is to throw out. Throw out. Now, some of you, you're taking a deep breath right now. Because when you look at the junk you have, it can be challenging. And basically what I'm trying to say again is less of what doesn't matter and more that of what does matter. I, I'll say it like this. I'm not talking about decluttering. I'm talking about de-owning. Get rid of it. Why is it still there? Why do we have things that we don't use? Why do we continue to hold on to them? And and I'm still learning this and learning over the years that owning less is way better than organizing more. Your life doesn't consist of your stuff. and the New Testament, Has this whole story about this whole very thing. And it's about, they don't even have a name for him. He's just called the rich young ruler. And he was a coming up leader. He was actually going to be the 14th disciple. He had a lot of stuff. And this problem is, the stuff had him. And Jesus said something crazy. He said something to them that he didn't say to anybody else because he knew the problem this guy had with his stuff. He was saying stuff to this guy, and the guy was asking about spiritual life and what do I need to do basically to be saved and how to get on the right track. Jesus said, you need to go sell your stuff, take the money, and give it to the poor. And he said, and then you will have treasure in heaven. He didn't say that to anybody else. He just said it to him. He knew how much that guy had and how much it had him. In other words, you'll have less the stuff that doesn't matter, and you'll have more of what really does matter. And the problem was the guy was so into his stuff that the scripture said the young man heard this and went away because he had great wealth. He put his head down and walked away. The 14th disciple. He called him eye to eye, and he could not do it. Let me tell you something on this story, real quick. Because, let me just say this real quick: it's not wrong to have stuff. It's not wrong to have nice stuff. I don't know what this weird thing is. It's like, well, preachers and people of the God—they shouldn't have nice things. They should be suffering. Tell me, please, in the Bible, if he owns a, uh, you know, some cattle on a couple thousand hills and this and that, where somebody can't be prosperous and and and. Do well. Oh, yeah, he's got a nice, must be do, must be doing nice. I wonder what he's doing with the finances. <laughs> I mean, this stuff happens all, all across churches. And I get there's stuff that's out of order. Don't, don't, don't be parking your nice Mercedes when you've got window units in your church. Let's get stuff in order. It should reflect the house of God. Anyway, I can't get into that. That's a whole different ballgame. Jesus, that would be a leadership for pastors, and then I'll get kicked out. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Um, (laughs) It's not wrong to have stuff. God blessed you with it, and it's okay. It's just wrong that stuff would have you. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not wrong when your life is defined is defined by who God is, but it is wrong when your life is defined by your stuff. It's wrong when you believe more about your stuff and you're so consumed with your stuff than you are with Christ. Pursuing junk. Believing that there's something meaningful and something so powerful about your stuff. Something's got to fill the void and inside of you that no stuff can fill. And here it is, it's a spiritual void. It needs to be filled by the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ, nothing else. Why is it? Let's talk about it real quick. Why is it that we put on to stuff, so much stuff, and we won't give it away, or we won't throw it out, Two big reasons. Somehow we just wanna throw out our knickknacks. Or or get rid of some dishes that we put in a closet or put in a storage that we don't ever use or still hold on to VHS tapes. Kids, just Google it. You'll know what it is. You'll find out. We <laughs> people got VHS tapes, let's just wanna see you in this room. Some of you? Help me, Jesus. We do? That's amazing. Um we hold on to them, but you see what I'm saying? Like, There's some stuff that, like, why are we still holding on to certain things? Some of people are holding on to the pants and wishing they could fit back in them. You know, one of these days, I'm going to fit back in those. Yeah, those MC Hammer pants, they might come back in style. You just never know, you know. Oh, I'm going to do my MC Hammer dance in those. I'm going to wear it. Daniel, you get those Jinko jeans on, buddy. You get those, bud. <laughs> but we hold on to stuff that we just, like, you know, I'm going to get back into that. <laughs> you know, fashion always turns itself around because some people are like, I wish I hadn't the stuff I used to have because look, it's all in style now. And we hold on to stuff with, with these hopeful and wish wishing on, on a star on it, thinking, you know, one day, I just need to lose about 20 more pounds and I can do that. <laughs> and one big reason is fear. We hold stuff, for we're afraid we might need it in the future. And how many of us know Someone right now that basically uh, does this, holds on to stuff. Don't point fingers. but We all know somebody that does it. I'll, I'll be honest. There's time I hold on to stuff. And <laughs> I don't know why, but it, there's just certain things I, like, I hold on to. Now, you know, th- there is wishful thinkings on certain things because I, like, collect old video game stuff. So I have, like, an Atari with, like, 20 games. And I have the Nintendo, and I have the Sega Genesis, and I have all these, like, systems. And I'm thinking, one day, I'm going to have this cool man cave. Yeah, I will. Larry's going to help me build this wall. And we're going to put them in all those sections, and then I'll be able to play each one. If, if I want, it's just going to be this, like, Nintendo, like, gaming wall. Of, wouldn't that be cool? It's a good thought, isn't it? It's just in a, in a garage up on the top, <laughs> collecting dust. Um. But we're afraid. We don't want to waste it. We want to be a good steward. You might say, uh, this is how I grew up. You know, I I had this and I want to hold on to it. Um, I grew up with a poverty mentality, a a poverty mindset. I need to save it. I need it. Uh, I paid good money for it. I don't want to give it away. It's important to me. And what what it becomes is a, a tremendous lack of faith. We need to be passionate about blessing other people with the stuff we don't need. You wonder, and, and this is the craziest thing. We're, we're, we're traveling, and it's hard to travel light because what if in the bag you have is something you can give to somebody? And we're trying to think, well, God just me. You know, I just ain't got the money right now, and I just don't know how I can help bless somebody. I need blessed. Come on. Look at the junk you have that you won't get rid of. You could be a huge blessing to somebody that somebody else needs. What do they always say at, at yard sales and Goodwill? Somebody's junk is somebody else's treasure. You don't know the stuff that you've been holding on to that you ain't done nothing with that could be a huge blessing. You talk about Christmas gifts. What if you had something that somebody needed and you just went and blessed them with no strings attached? We need to be passionate about that. And and what it does, it, it, it enhances the, a deep, sense of faith a spiritual sense of faith giving stuff away that you might need and what you do when you do it if it's something you might need what you're saying is I'm trusting God to provide for my future I'm going to bless somebody else today look I ain't trying to bust your bubble and stuff you're like what kind of sermon is this Tell me to clean my house clean your own house (laughs) I will I got lots of crap. <laughs> don't. And that's the hard part about preaching because you're held accountable. That's why you guys don't want to talk the gospel. Oh! Dang you mouth. No, but listen. We're all held accountable. We all have stuff. How much more stress would we get rid of if we really got rid of stuff that we don't need don't it feel stressful but when you get rid of it you're like why am i holding on why is this still here it's got four layers of dust on it i ain't even doing nothing with this i got piles i'm walking around stuff like this just to get around thing why do i have it pick it up give it away and if nobody wants to take it then it's okay and that's not your sign lord i know you know i need it no that's your sign to say uh, habitat for humanity come pick this up please Oh, Goodwill, okay, cool, we'll drop that off. They'll ring a doorbell. They'll actually take it out of your car for you. What a cool service. And what we're doing is we're lighting the load. We're traveling light because it's stuff we don't need, but we can help somebody else with. That's one way. God, I trust you to be my provider. Here's an idea. I know this is like, what are you talking about? But what about this kind of idea? I was thinking about this. What if when you receive something, you gave something? So you bought a new shirt, give a shirt away. Got new pairs of shoes, give a pair of shoes away. Ooh, that's a challenge for me. Um, I'm serious, but you know what I mean? Like, what if you, when you receive something, you gave something away? And you start living generous. Because we're always praying, God, I wanna, but I can't afford to be a blessing. Yes, you can. You got stuff that you can be a blessing right now that somebody else could use. Give it away. If it goes without, like if you got stuff that you haven't worn in a year, see sucker It's got to go. Why do we hold on to it? Because later we're looking through stuff and we're piling, then we're frustrated because we ain't got nothing to wear, and you got so much stuff going on. Why are we holding on to it? Live lightly, live free. What if I need it in the future? Well, then what you say is, God, I know you're my provider. Another reason we, we tend to not do the, the whole getting rid of stuff is sentiment. We think it's so valuable. Now, look, this can be a touchy situation because <laughs> it means something, so I got to hold on to it. How valuable is it really when it sits in a tote that you never see? Now, look, this one's, a, and what we think is sentiment. Sentimental. Back in the day, when I was younger, I was this tall. Maybe, Mom, I was maybe five or six. I was rocking this nice mullet. I had a mullet. There's a picture of me riding a horse with a mullet, Mom, remember? And I had a bomber jacket on. Let me eat to that. And I had that thing, and that thing was, you know, it was like Fabio with half hair, you know, just... Don't judge me. Somehow it's back in style. That is one thing I will not wear, is the mullet. Hey, ladies, don't don't say thank you, Jesus. You got your backwards mullet sometimes. Long in the front, short in the back. Anyway, Daniel, your face mullet. Be quiet. (laughs) That's face mullet? (laughs) Mouth mullet. Um. (laughs) So we got to a place where we were cutting a mullet, and it turned into a rat tail. It was long enough to put it in your mouth. You say, "Ooh," but these girls be eating their hair. It's, that stuff comes out. You know, it's nasty. And I didn't want to get rid of it. It was like a, a I don't know, like some kind of sensory thing. <laughs> Remember this, mom? And I got to a place where, like, they wanted to cut my hair. Like, no, you're not cutting my rat tail. We finally cut it, and I took it, and I put it in a Ziploc bag, and I put my name on it. And I said, like, well, you, "You need to keep this, mom." Remember that? Unfortunately, you probably still have that rat tail, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Don't lie in church, girl. <laughs> but for some reason, I thought it was something that was so special—a <laughs> rat tail. And when I got older, I had piercings. Now, you wouldn't have thought I had like a lip piercing, a tongue piercing, and all these piercings. I was going through an identity crisis. (laughs) Who said yeah? Don't make me come at you. And I was getting rid of it. I was like, Mom, save this. And she's like, okay, and threw it in the trash. (laughs) But what you think is sentimental is really not. Not saying everything, it is a touchy thing, but there's just goofy things that we think are sentimental and they're not. I walked in my sister's room one time and she had bags of chips on the wall and had candy wrappers on the wall. And I said, What are you doing? She goes, These are my accomplishments. These mean something to me. I was like, because you ate Doritos? You stuck it on the wall? Like, what is this? Why is there why is there a bag of empty twizzlers on the wall? She goes, it's 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 my accomplishments. I'm like, what? What we think is so sentimental at certain times is really not. We just create clutter than anything else. I get there's things that, like, we keep trophies and we keep, like, if you're still holding on to your kids' six-plate trophy, you know, sometimes you just got to let go. (laughs) And every year they get ribbons and we just... But what do we do because we pass it on? I'm not saying that you shouldn't hold on to certain things because it is great to hold on to stuff. But there's some things that we think are so valuable that really are not because one handful is better than the two. And it's challenging because there's stuff we have to really think about in our life. We're so stressed and worried about it. And it's causing so much problems. Basically, we just got to throw out, give it away, and, and the other one to its heart is we got to buy less. Why do we buy more? And some of you are like, sorry about that. Uh, I already done bought more. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and whatever deal was on Amazon yesterday. And too many times we, we buy because we're just in a habit because we don't want to feel bad and, and feel like we're doing something. We're not doing something for somebody because they're going to feel a certain way if we don't get them something. And that we're, what's, we're where's the real meaning of giving? We get caught up in it, and it's that 62% 62 of people actually admit to that shopping cheers them up. I feel down. I feel depressed. I need to go, you know, let me go buy something. It gets my mind off of it temporarily. Let me go shopping and buy something when I'm in a financial situation right now. Because that's going to make me feel a lot better. It's a form of entertainment. What what do we, you know, at times we're, we're doing this stuff and then we feel like it makes us feel powerful. A sense of significance that I don't need anything, but, you know, I, but I'll get it anyway. Because when I don't have the things that are out there, I need to be fulfilled somehow. So I need to just buy something and it makes me feel good for that one moment. And what's crazy is Solomon says in Psalm 119, he says, God, cause my heart to bow before your, your word of wisdom and not the wealth of the world. I need to pray this all the time. Help me turn my eyes away from the illusions so that I may pursue only that which is true. In other translations it says, Another version that says, away from the meaningless things. And then the last part of it, I love what it says. It says, drench my soul with life as I walk in your path. Help me, God. When these moments happen and we feel guilty for certain things, I got to get this stuff in order. What we need to do is get to a place in our lives that are full of the goodness of God that we don't need anything else to make us feel better about ourselves. I don't need things to define who I am. Because Jesus defines who I am. In our home, one thing we've tried to do and try to work on and be better at over the years is working hard to choose experiences over things when there's those opportunities, trying to choose the experiences over things. I want our children to enjoy great memories, things that are last, and things that are just, you know, just full of life. And I asked my kids, I asked them, they kept asking, what are you asking me this for? So what's a good memory? And all of them said, when we got to go to Fort Myers Beach, Florida. And now, of course, if you've watched the news and stuff, there's no Fort Myers Beach. The, the hurricane literally wiped 95% of it away. And so they were all devastated. And it is, it's sad, because it was a great place. And they all were just saying, we, and I'm like, okay, we went to Disney. We've been to Universal. and But their, their most fun place was, uh, was Fort Myers Beach. Just the moment on the beach, just sitting around the beach, just in our hotel room, just roaming around Fort Myers. And then some said, you know, Dad, when after it rained, you, we all went outside and played in the, in the rain that it was sprinkling but it got muddy and then Mom hosed us down and bathed us outside and all this, you know, you're creating these, these things. Like just, I don't need to buy you something to tell you, I can just show you with doing something else. I think creating those experiences of just, you know, being present is gonna go way further than anything else. You know, you ask the kids, one thing they didn't say is like, yeah, that time you bought me that video game, that was amazing. They don't tell, when you talk about like memories, ain't nobody going to talk about like stuff, like buying stuff. Yeah, dad, remember when when you bought me that Hatchimal that nobody could ever buy and it took forever for me to find from this lady that I bootleg? No, I just took her, I just tore her down a little bit. I'm like, I ain't paying that, I'll pay this. But how many years go by when throughout and you're trying to get them that? But they don't talk about that. Like, remember that Tickle Me Elmo a long time ago when everybody wanted that thing? Nobody talks about that. They talk about, remember when we went and we went to that McCormick Creek and we walked the creek and we had fun and they had a snake between her legs and she jumped and screamed and we all laughed. and. Remember when we went to the lake and we went fishing and we did this and we had so much? They don't talk about the gifts you give them. They talk about the experiences you have with them. So create more experiences with your family. You want to live light, travel light? Create the experience. Quit trying to force something with with trying to be financial when you just need to be present. They don't talk about all that other stuff. On the other side of stuff, there's freedom, there's joy, there's relationship, there's time with your family. God wants us to Have this one handful to live free. The last thing, really, is just give more. Give more. Has this been good? I know it's different today, but God wants us to give more. I know you want some of my look. I'll let you have some if you if you're willing to. You know, you just don't know where this hand's been. You know what I'm saying? Been right here eating this. Um, Paul says. I'm gonna finish this right here, and we're mm, so good. I feel like I need to go to the movies. What's wrong with you? Oh, girl. Okay. Is it for you or Larry? One is enough. See, Larry. Maybe she'll share. 1 Timothy 6, 17. It's so powerful. And it can be so emotional what Paul says. Command those who are rich in this present world. Let me just stop real quick. Because I got to break the mold of this real quick. When we read a scripture, it says, Command those that are rich. Automatically, most of us we must not be talking to me because I ain't got no dang money. We must be talking to somebody else. You know, I know somebody rich but I ain't rich. Some of you think, well, you know, I had a friend in college who was rich because her parents paid for everything while well, I had to go to work and do stuff and you ever had that kind of person in your life? where their parents paid for everything and you had to work so hard to go through the schooling or whatever you had to do, they must have been rich. Let me put a perspective on you real quick so I can land this whole thing. If you drove somewhere today, you're rich. You're in the somewhere between the 5 and 7% of the richest people on the planet. If you have a vehicle, if you had three meals a day, at least the option to have three meals, you're a rich people. You're in the 40% of people alive today that was able to have three meals. You're rich. If you're able to order pizza on your phone or order any kind of food on your phone, you're incredibly rich. You are so rich. And let me just tell you, church, we're a rich people. We don't realize we're rich. Some of y'all got garages, and I know some of them, we can't fit stuff, but how crazy is this, that we have a house for our vehicle? Our vehicle sits in its own house. Weird. Here's my house, but here's my house for my car. It's as big as my house, but it's for my car. We don't realize how rich we are. So we're a rich people, so when we look at the population of the world today, we're incredibly blessed. This verse is for us. Feel it, internalize it, embrace it, live it, become it. Command those who are rich not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain. But where do we put our hope? Put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. We don't feel guilty about the blessings God gives us. God blesses us. We don't feel guilty if we have nicer things, if we have nice things. We just Don't let the stuff have us. It's okay to have stuff. Like I said, just don't let it have you. Then he tells them this. Command those rich people. Notice what he said or what he didn't say. Command them to buy more. Command them to uh, hoard it all until they don't have room uh, in their nice house and to have extra storage space bought so they can put their stuff they hoarded in that. He didn't say command them to click now on Amazon so you can buy one more thing. He says, command the rich people to do good, to be rich with good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so they may take hold of life that is truly life. Your life does not consist of abundance of stuff Not at all. But you're a blessing when you choose to experience the overflow in the goodness of God. That's what true life is all about. Less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. When we think about stuff, I I, I guess I don't get emotional About the stuff I have. I, it's hard, and, and some people do, though. Like, oh, wow, I just bought this high-end bed. Praise the Lord, man. God is, yeah, oh, my God, I'm going to be so closer to God in my dreams. <laughs> you know, when I think about it, I don't get so emotional like, oh, man, when I got the, I've been wanting those certain shoes and I got them. Woo, I'm, I'm a balling mess. Woo, man, I, I can't believe I got them. Oh, my gosh. Or, or, or the phone, people freak out over, oh my God, I got the new latest iPhone, I got the new flip phone, I got the double, I, whatever the case, but people flip out, I'm not saying you can't have nice things, but people get so emotional, I don't find myself like, if I got it, it's, it's because I, I, one, I need this, some of the stuff I do need is work and stuff, but I'm not that, it's not that big of emotion about that. I don't really have emotional getting, you know, like, oh, I got that. Or even keeping. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I just kept this. It's so crazy I kept it. You know, like, I don't. Trying to keep stuff. People could be like, oh, yeah, that's so meaningful. I was just about to give. I was going to give to the Legacy Project to build this house to help get this stuff flowing for these kids and this house here. But, you know, I took everybody to Applebee's instead, but it it was so powerful. You know what I mean? Like, we we, we put our, we we say we can't, we do things, and it's like, what are we doing? Where is our focus at? But I do tell you this, that there's a lot more emotional stories on giving. When you're able to give the joy of being a blessing to somebody, there's nothing like it. There's nothing that touches it. If you've been able to give, there's nothing like it. Tithing when money was tight because you're obedient and you just don't stop. <laughs> Too many times people take that as an, an option instead of living their life fully dedicated to God. Giving someone a gift when you could use that same money to give your own kids a gift. But the joy of giving. And you, because you walk by faith and know God's going to provide paying for somebody's gas when you need to gas yourself and it's outrageous but you know the joy that God gives you to be able to provide for somebody giving a car away when you need a car but you know you have to be faithful and walk by faith because God wants you to be obedient to what he's asked you to do and he does provide amen he's so faithful He's so faithful. I remember when we started Remnant Church. I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're going to get ready to land this thing. I remember when we started Remnant Church. And it was a crazy thing. We were trying so hard to figure out what we were going to do. But here's what God does He calls us to do something. Basically, what He said was Are you all in? Are you all in? I mean, it's just one thing to start, and people have all these little campaigns and do all these things, and they have some other place give them money and then match it and do all this stuff. And and we 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 started from scratch. We went from a house, and we just we were faithfully giving and waiting and waiting on the Lord and trying to move as God was shifting us. We didn't have a lot of uh, stuff, but God was asking, "Are you all in?" And I remember my wife and I we gave our biggest offering ever at that time, and it was big. It was more than we've ever given. And then we did it again. It was because God challenged us. It wasn't our tithe. We paid our tithe. We gave an offering, a special offering on top of that. And we said, God, we're all in. God, we believe in your house. We believe in the church, the local church. We're going to do whatever it takes. And, And we did that. But God was so faithful to do exceedingly abundantly all we could ask. Because we were all in. Somebody say better. Better is one handful of tranquility, of contentment, with peace, with joy, with simplicity, with margin, with assurance, with confidence, with the ability to be generous, with the heart to be blessed. Then two handfuls, so much in here, it's going to jack me up with then two handfuls of more, 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 more toil, more, 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 more stuff, more this, chasing after the wind. You can't catch the wind, church. Less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. More of what does Can I say something one more time like I said from the beginning? This is not our home. We're just passing through. We're just passing through, church. And here's the big question. Are you accumulating on earth what you cannot keep? Or are you investing in heaven what you cannot lose? travel light, buy less, travel light, throw out, give away, buy less, give more, less of what doesn't matter and more of what does, less of stuff, less of the stuff that just accumulates and gets in the way of what really matters more intimacy with God, more peace, more joy, more deep and committed relationships, more generosity, more blessings, more truth, less intimidations, less distractions, more of life, true life. Your calling's too great, church. Your life is too valuable. Your God is too good to waste it on this one life with things that don't last. Why is one handful better? Why is one handful better? Because when someone's down, you have a free hand to help lift them up. Because if both hands are in here chasing the wind, you can't do anything for anybody, let alone yourself. Why is one handful better? Because the other hand's going to help lift somebody up. The other hand's going to help put their arm around somebody and let them know, be in good cheer. It's okay. Have hope. There's hope. Let's say it together. Better is one handful. Better is one handful. With tranquility then two with toil and chasing after the wind less of what doesn't matter and more of what does as we end I'm going to have them sing this song I'm going to pray and then they're going to sing it again we're going to do a little prayer and singing and we're going to close up out of here I know it was a little different Because it is better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. We have to let go. And I want you to just in this moment where you are, just focus yourself in as much as you can and listen to these words. And make this your your declaration. Make this your your creed. Go ahead. And then we're going to pray and then we're going to sing it again. Focus in. Here it is. We love you, God. I'm go. And I'm go. Come on. Get that in your spirit. I'm go. Travel light, church.